you to take your Bibles and open them to Philippians chapter number 2 as we continue our journey through the book of Philippians through the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. As we start chapter number 2, one of the things that I want you to notice as we make our way into this part of the letter is understanding and realizing that there are a lot of attacks today on the church. Um, there are many of them, and they're varied in their attacks. One of the major attacks that we see against the church today, of course, is the source of authority that the church has or uses, and that is the Word of God. Uh, that, that attack continues, but that is not something that is new. Uh, there has always been an attack on the Word of God, and matter of fact, when you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 3, uh, as you get down to verse 2, verse 3, and verse 4, one of the things that you will find is the confrontation that Satan had with Eve. One of the statements that was made by Satan to Eve was this, Surely God hath not said. And so the word of God, the source of authority in the church, has been under attack. It is not anything that is new. But there is another attack today that I believe is one that we kind of lose sight of sometimes. And, but it's one that we should be on guard of. And it's one that requires us probably to be a little bit more active about. And that other attack on the church today is what we refer to as the unity of the church. And we're seeing that today in, in droves, the unity of the church. As a matter of fact, what's really interesting is when you read all of Paul's letters um, to the different churches, one of the things and one of the subject matters in all of those letters had to do with the unity of the church. And so if Paul dealt with it in his day in all the letters that he wrote to the church then it would appear to me or would seem to me that it is probably a pretty significant issue. And if it occurred during Paul's day, how much more probably would we see it today in our churches? I will say this to you already this morning. This is not going to be a popular message, all right? Uh, the text is not going to be popular. Uh, matter of fact, some will probably even bow up at it a little bit. That's okay. But let me share one thing with you. I didn't write it. So what I'm going to share with you today is what came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not in thus says Brother Robert, the pastor of Ascension Baptist Church. So Paul starts off in verse number 1 of Philippians chapter number 2, and I want you to notice what he writes. He says, therefore, and we could probably stop right there. Everything that Paul has written thus far in this letter to the church at Philippi, beginning in chapter 1 and verse 1, and going all the way through through verse 30 of chapter 1, every bit of that that Paul has already written comes now. He says, therefore, as a result of everything that I have written to you. And one of the foremost parts of chapter number 1 that Paul wants us to understand as we come into chapter number 2 is the statement that he made in chapter 1 and verse number 21 where he said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Everything about Paul's life, everything about who Paul was, everything was geared and surrounded from the gospel and from his relationship with the Lord. And so everything that Paul did in his life, every aspect of Paul's life was, was it, it was... It was enveloped by the gospel and his love and his relationship with Jesus Christ. And not only that, but also his love for all of the others, his love for the churches, all of the churches that he had been a part of, all the, the, the churches that Paul had seen started, all of the lives that Paul had had a part in. Now Paul is reflective of that as we come to this letter to the church at Philippi. And so as we get into this letter this morning, he starts off with, therefore, chapter number two, verse number one, Paul says, therefore, I've got some things that I want to share with you. And before we get into the next part of this chapter, let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its authority. And Father, we thank you for the church today. 
And Father, I pray that as we read and study your word today that the Holy Spirit would go before us. I pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts and minds to its truths. And Father, I pray that we would take away from this passage this morning what you intend for us to. Father, may your word accomplish what you intend for it to today. May your will be done in every heart and life that is here today. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. So Paul says in chapter 2, verse number 1, he says, Therefore, as a result of everything that I have written to you thus far, he said, if there is any encouragement in Christ, I don't know about you, but throughout life every day in the world that we live in today, I guess the question that I would put to you is, the, is exactly what Paul writes here in verse number 1. He said, if there is any encouragement in Christ... If there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, he goes through all of these aspects. He said, where do you find your encouragement? The encouragement that you draw from that you need so desperately in your life every day. If there is this encouragement in Christ, he said, if there's this consolation of love, when we understand the magnitude of the love of God, when we understand the magnitude of what we have in our salvation in relationship to that love that we have as a part of our lives, and then he goes on to say, and if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if you're a believer today, the fellowship that you experience in your life day to day, do you experience the fellowship that you find through the relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit of God himself? One of the things that, is, that the word speaks of is every day for us to be a part of that relationship that comes through the Spirit as well. So here's what Paul writes. He said, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation in, in, in love, in the agape love that comes from God the Father... And then he also goes on to say, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit. And then he ends verse number one and he said, and if there's any affection and compassion. Is there any affection? Is there any compassion in our own hearts and our lives? And let me say something right off the bat. Paul is not writing in generalities here. This is not something general that Paul is encompassing here. But he's dealing right off the bat out of chapter number 2 with the relationship that we have through Jesus Christ. And as a result of that relationship, these things should be a part of what we experience in our life each day. But he's writing about that and concerning the personal relationship also, not only with us and Jesus Christ and that we have with the Father and through the Holy Spirit, but he's also speaking about the relationship that we have personally with other believers which is tough you know as a result of the spiritual blessings that we see in verse number one that comes as a result of our relationship with jesus christ paul is going to go to the next portion of his letter and here's what he's going to deal with he is going to talk about a believer's response to them to all of those ifs that you see in verse one as you come to verse 2 through verse number 5, he is now going to deal with our response to those things. So when you come to verse number 2, I want you to notice what Paul writes. He says, make my joy complete. In other words, my joy will be completed based upon your response to these things. To the encouragement in Christ, to the consolation of love, to the fellowship of the Spirit, to the affection, and also to the compassion that comes as a result. And Paul says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, and then he says at the end of verse number 2, he says, intent on one purpose. Verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. 
but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves do not merely look out for your own personal interests but also for the interests of others have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus now I will tell you what Paul is writing about here in verse 2 through verse 5 is easier read it is easier spoken about than it is to actually physically walk in it day in and day out simply because we're human beings but when we consider what we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ then here's what Paul says as a result of that this is the way we should see one another as believers in the body of Christ the question comes down to this do we I want you to notice the first phrase that is found in verse number two it's the phrase same mind it means to be like-minded actively striving to achieve understanding and genuine agreement that same-mindedness how do we come up with that same mindedness how how do we come to the point in our lives where that same mindedness is a part of who we are that single mindedness that needs to be a part of who we are as believers well I will tell you there's only one way that that will come about there's only one way that that will happen and that's through the power of the Holy Spirit of God if there is no personal relationship with the Holy Spirit then I can tell you we're not going to be of the same mind how do we become part of the same mind how do we get to the point that we understand this same mindedness that Paul is speaking about here well he wrote about it to the church at Galatia if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Galatians chapter number 5 I want you to notice what Paul wrote it's very it's very important here when when we understand what Paul is asking us to do because I will tell you right now you will not do this you will not walk this way this will not be a part of your life and who you are until such time that we understand Galatians chapter 5 notice verse 16 and verse 17 if we're a believer if we belong to Jesus Christ then one of the things that we need to understand is the Holy Spirit lives with inside of us so it would make sense as a believer if the Holy Spirit lives with inside of us then one of the things that we should desire to do is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit that same mindedness comes through the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit in our lives and so notice what Paul says he says but I say after everything he has written in the letter to the church at Galatia matter of fact he even started the letter with the confrontation that he had between him and Peter over the subject of Jew and Gentile and even the disagreement that Paul had with Peter is they come to a reconciliation over that and here and here's the way that happens it happens as a result of the relationship that we have through the Holy Spirit so here's what Paul says he says but I say he said walk by the Spirit to do what walk by the spirit in other words to live by the spirit if the holy spirit lives with inside of us then one of the things that we need to do every day then is to walk or to live by the spirit and i will tell you there's only one way that that's going to happen and that's for you to have a daily relationship with the holy spirit of god it's the only way it's going to happen because notice what he says at the end of verse 16 and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh when the Holy Spirit is where he should be in our lives and, and what position is that well writing to the church at Ephesus here's what here's what Paul wrote he says not to be drunk with wine wherein there is an excess he says but be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God to be controlled by the Holy Spirit what do we mean controlled by the Holy Spirit our thoughts our actions our words every aspect of our lives should be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God that's why when Paul writing in, in his letter to the church at Philippi 
as he spoke about that relationship there are certain things in our lives that we need to be attentive to and careful of in our walk and in our relationship well he goes to verse 17 and notice what he says He's, he says for the flesh sets its desire and notice what he says the flesh sets the desire against the spirit they're in opposition to each other and so is it any wonder that we struggle sometimes in life we struggle even with our life as a believer because of that opposition between the flesh and the spirit because i will tell you if we're not walking in the spirit and the spirit does not control who we are and what we do i will tell you today there is going to be a conflict and paul makes that very clear of this conflict he says and the spirit against the flesh and then the last part of verse 17 he says for these are in opposition to one another they oppose one another so that you may not do the things that you please the same mind of who we are and what we're about let's go back to philippians chapter number two as paul continues this letter the next element that he is going to deal with flows out of being of the same mind so he says make my joy complete by being of the same mind but notice what he says next maintaining the same love now, let me just share this with you that's not a that's not an eros love that is not a phileo love that is a love that is that comes from the father himself it's an agape love it's an agape love so how do we love each other as believers well, my dear friend, if we love each other as believers any other way than through an agape love, we're not going to get very far. Because I will say this to you this morning. We all have different personalities. We all rub each other different ways. You know, one of the things I tell folks all the time, if you're a believer today, we ought to practice getting along together here because we're going to spend all of eternity together. And somebody said, well, wait just a minute, but when we get there everything's going to change because the flesh will be gone and we'll be in the presence of God so everything's going to be good from there on out well why don't we practice here having the same love in other words when we consider each other an agape love a love that comes from the father let me ask you a question anybody in here live a perfect life anybody in here perfect I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Okay? Let me ask you a question. How many of you in here at some point in time have let somebody down in your life? How many of you in here at some point in time have disappointed somebody? Can we still love each other? I'm going to ask that question one more time. Can we still love each other? We can when we have the same mind and we understand the same love that comes from the Father. It's an agape love. Then what we can do at that point in time is choose to love each other. Why? Because we're all of the household of faith. Are some folks harder to love than others? Man, I'm telling y'all, are y'all with me or not? Let me start over at verse 1, okay? We'll just, we'll just start the whole process all over again. Are some folks harder to love than others? And let me say this, I'm not the easiest person to love either. But I was told this all the time I was growing up that I was a perfect angel. <laughs> how many of y'all, let me, let me see how active y'all are now. How many of y'all believe that this morning? I see three hands go up. I'll pay you your $100 after the service is over with. The same love. To love others equally is what Paul is saying here. 
In other words, the love is the love. This love is the love of the will. Not based on preference or attraction. As believers, what's the center of who we are? It's Jesus Christ. Do you understand that as a result of who we are in Jesus Christ, we can love each other, devoted to one another in brotherly love, preferring one another in love. Oh, preferring one another in love? Hey, guess what? That's exactly what John wrote about in his letters. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. Paul wrote about it, or John wrote about it in his letters. Matter of fact, all of 1 John, all of his first letter deals with the subject of love. And the relationship that we have as a result of Jesus Christ, I want you to notice what he wrote. 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse number 14. I'll tell you what, let's start in 13, all right? 1 John, 1 John, not the Gospel of John, 1 John, chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. And so here's what John wrote. Okay, verse 13. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised by that if they hate you. Okay? Notice verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life. Now here comes the way that we know. Because we love the who. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. I didn't write that. God did. Is love important in our lives and who we are? It is. Paul said we need to be of the same mind. We need to be of the same love. Let's go back to Philippians chapter number 2. Paul continues. However, let me say this about this love. Self-centered thinking. Self-centered thinking destroys and tears down love and unity. Are we always going to like everything everybody does? No. Are there some things we're going to disagree with? Yes. Can we still love each other? Yes. But I will say this. There is one thing that does not change, however. It is non-negotiable ground. It is something that there is no... There, there, there is... There is no... I guess trying to find a strong there is there listen it is just the best word I could say is it's non-negotiable okay and here's what it is it's the word of God it stands as a single source of authority but other things can we agree to disagree on we can it's awful quiet in here Notice the third thing that Paul says in verse number 2. He says, united in spirit. Unity in spirit is to who, is to who we are. United in spirit. Are we united in spirit? Well, if we have the same mind and we have the same love, then guess what? We'll be united in spirit as well. One of the things that I want you to notice as you walk down through these, they build on each other. Because you'll never be united in spirit if you don't have the same mind and you don't have the same love. It just won't happen. And I will say this as well, if you don't have the same mind, you're not going to have the same love either. Because they'll be disconnected from each other. It all goes back to understanding this single-mindedness. What is it that's of priority to us in our lives? What is it 
that is the single most important thing to us in our lives. And then fourthly, Paul deals with the next one. And look at the end of verse number two. He says, intent on one purpose. Intent on one purpose. Let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of the church today? What's the purpose of the church? Paul writing here to the church at Philippi. I mean, what is the purpose of our church? What's the purpose of Ascension Baptist Church? I hope it's the same purpose of the church. Is the gospel the center of who we are? Is the gospel the important aspect of what we do? And my dear friend, I will share this with you today. If the gospel is not the important part of who we are and what we do, then we might as well go home. What was given to the early church? What was the task that was given? Of going into all of the world. And as you go, what do we carry with us? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, here's what he said about that. He said, when it comes to the gospel, he said, do you understand and realize that you have been entrusted with the gospel? Listen, there is no greater task for an individual outside of the gospel because unless their heart is changed by the glorious good news of Jesus Christ, then they're on their way to a literal hell. That's where they're headed. Intent on purpose. Having the same mind. Having the same love. Having unity in the spirit. Intent on one purpose. Now, are there other aspects of the local church that we're a part of? There are. But that intent on one purpose in the church at Philippi. And let me say this about the church at Philippi. In chapter number 1, when Paul started this letter to the church at Philippi, one of the things that made his joy so complete was their participation in the gospel. And I wonder today, if a letter were to be written to Ascension Baptist Church, I wonder if it would be characterized by joy that would be reflected upon our participation in the gospel. our participation in the gospel. And these four elements that we've talked about and looked at here this morning, they overlap each other and they are inseparable. You'll never have unity of purpose. You will never have unity of spirit. You will never have the same love until you start at the beginning with the same mind and understanding what that is about. Paul also wrote to the church at Colossae about this very subject. Let's go to Colossians chapter number 3, and you'll see Paul wrote about this subject in all of his letters. Colossians chapter number 3. I want you to notice what he writes, writing to the church at Colossae. I want you to notice what Paul shares. Beginning in verse number 12, he says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Are there just some you got to be patient with? Don't answer that yes. Here's the way you better be answering it. I hope you have patience with me. Bearing with one another. Forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. But Paul says, beyond all of these things, though, he says, beyond all of these things, he says what? To put on love. Why? 
It's the perfect bond of unity. Which love is that? It's the love that comes from the Father. It's that agape love. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then look at verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You see that? They're inseparable. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. They're inseparable. Verse 14 and verse 15 of Philippians chapter 2. I want you to notice what Paul writes. Verse 14 and verse 15. He said, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach, and I want you to notice during the period that Paul said that he's writing this. And what kind of culture? And what kind of generation? Notice what he writes. He says, in, a, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Let me ask you a question. And I need your participation here. How many of y'all would attest to the fact that we live in a crooked and perverse culture today. We do. So what does the world need to see? Well, Jesus said this. As a matter of fact, he said this to his disciples before he went to the cross. He said, my desire for you is that the love that you have for each other would be seen by the world around you for what reason? So that they will know that you are my disciples. So what does the world need to be able to see today? Just what Paul wrote here in Philippians chapter number 2. Same mind same love the unity of the spirit and intent on the purpose as to why we are here the day that Paul wrote in is much different than the day that we live in today so let me ask you a question in closing this morning so what do you put on each day don't say I put on my clothes preacher I know that what do we put on each day? Do we put on the Spirit? Do we start with the Spirit? We should, amen? Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the letter of Paul. And Father, I thank you that even in its difficulty, Father, just in its causing of us to examine and to look at our own hearts and lives. Father, for us to take what Paul has written and then, Father, to do a, an inventory of our own selves. Father, I pray today that we would seek our strength and our courage and what we need to live each day in this life from the control of the Holy Spirit and not ourselves. Because, Father, when we put ourselves there and we lift up ourselves, Father, disunity occurs as a result. And so, Father, I pray that as the world around us sees us today, Father, may it not see a fractured and splintered and disjointed church. But, Father, may they see you.
So, Father, may we walk and be what you would have us to be and your desire for us to be. And, Father, I pray for the one that may be here today or watching online that knows does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they would realize their lost condition and their separation from you. And Father, place their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So Father, this time we place into your hands this morning and pray your perfect will be done through it all. We ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come lead us. As we sing together this morning this hymn of invitation, it's very simple. Just as I am without one plea. You know, just the way that we were when God saved us. And understanding and realizing today that it is only because of him and only the power of the Holy Spirit of God that we can even be what we need to be. So as we sing this together this morning, just, 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 let, just let God speak to your heart. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart this morning as we sing this together as Brother Red leads us now. Just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou didst me come to thee O Lamb of God I
And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. together we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer and here's what I want you to do I want you to look up this way I want everybody to smile okay uh, God God above all measure loves us more than we'll ever be able to comprehend amen let's bow our heads together as we're dismissed in a word of prayer father we love you we thank you for the privilege that we have to gather here today we pray that you would dismiss us now with your love We'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You're dismissed.